Join us today during the Jeep Celebration event. Right now, get 20% below MSRP for an average of 15178 under MSRP on the purchase of a 2023 Jeep Grand Cherokee Overland 4xe or Summit 4xe. Not compatible with lease offers or with any other consumer incentive offers. 15,178 average based on 20% below average MSRP from all 2023 Grand Cherokee Overland 4xE and Summit 4xE models and dealer stock. Residency restrictions apply. Take retail delivery from dealer stock by 4-1. Jeep is a registered trademark. Recorded live. Hey, everybody, welcome. This is our call with Johnny Marie Hiel, who is going to be talking about the ascended relationship. My name is Liz Tobin. I'm a certified resonance repatterning practitioner, and I'm very pleased to introduce my friend Johnny Marie Hiel. He's, got, he's uh, very generously offered to give us this live webinar on the ascended relationship. And you might know Johnny as the astrologer who discovered the harmonic concordance chart. Um, Johnny is um, going to teach us how we can be in an ascended relationship with our partner, regardless of whether your partner is spiritual. He's going to give us some tools and techniques that you can use to claim your ascended relationship right now in the present moment and you'll learn how to recognize the divine in yourself and in your partner. So we're very pleased to have Johnny here, and Johnny is also the originator of the Harmonic Concordance blog, and we're very pleased to hear what you have to say about the ascended relationship, Johnny. So I'm just going to um, turn it over to you. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you very much. Uh, so I just get to talk all this time, huh? and you don't, hear, you don't say anything. <laughs> I might say something, but I don't know. We'll see. <laughs> well, we want we, uh, what I'm really interested in is getting questions. Yeah. So, uh, let me uh, let's begin this with a discussion of uh, the ascended life prior to talking about the ascended relationship. All right. Now, it, it, physically, I am not ascended. We're still here, right? So this is not a a physical ascension, but it is a spiritual ascension. I claim that I have I lived the ascended life. I claim that I am a, an ascended master. I claim that I have an ascended relationship. Now, what all of that means is sort of the, the back up and begin by about talking about the ascended life. Uh, and what that really is is just a recognition and an and acknowledgement that indeed you are an ascended person, an ascended being. Right? That's despite everything that your senses are telling you, you we are sort of already ascended masters living in what, what what you might call deep cover. And it that cover is so deep that you only get an occasional glimpse of who you really are. But uh, the task is basically to unmask yourself. So that task takes place over the course of many lifetimes, in many realms of dimensions and densities, but each of those are illusions of time and space. What really exists b 
the right to claim that um, as part of our inheritance, part of our uh, total package of who we are. So uh, we never, basically, we never really leave home with it. Basically, we're all just one. I'm just talking to myself. There is no differentiation at any level. One of the first lessons that I ever learned in my study of uh, spiritual things began in 1969 when I heard somebody say uh, that the Upanishads, ancient Vedic uh, writings, Hindu writings, were uh, in in the Upanishads, there's a very clear statement that there is no such thing as differentiation. That means that everything and everyone is the same, that we are living in an illusion of time and space. So, giving credence to that illusion or saying that illusion is okay, I would go right ahead and say it, but uh, we are really what I call godlings. You know what the the term uh, duckling is? You know what a duckling is? Right, yes. So you know what a duckling is? We are godlings, little (laughs) gods. Ducks, Ducklings are little ducks. Godlings are little gods. We are that piece of creation that is really the creator itself. So that's a little bit about the ascended life, but the the ascended uh, relationship stems from that idea of the ascended life. So, uh, you know, the ascension arises, basically the term arises from the Christian tradition with Christ ascending. But uh, we're on that mission also. The whole idea is that we are moving towards a full-time realization of our, uh, let's say, Christ consciousness. So there are uh, some ideas that I'd like to touch on here. Um, so the the notion that you are in an ascended relationship or that you may be in an ascended relationship is available to you by claim. You claim it. It's like all the stuff that you know of what you possibly can be, you really are already. So where do we start with it, with the ascended relationship? Well, uh, I think uh, I've asked you uh, or asked people to take a look at the, uh, there's a, a link on that Harmonic Concordance blog that will take you to uh, a page there called the Ascended Relationship. So what the Ascended Relationship is about uh, is uh, being with another who recognizes him or herself as being an ascended person also. They claim it. 
you claim it. Now, that's two people in the relationship. But in an ascended relationship, there is a third partner. It triangulates things. You know that a, a triangle is the strongest of all the uh, geometric shapes. Well, that third and trinitizing partner in the ascended relationship is spirit. So we have partner A, partner B, and spirit. And when you actively invoke spirit to enter into your relationship, then you are invoking the ascended relationship. So we, Jan and I, Jan is my partner, my, my wife and partner, and we know that we have been together many times throughout this lifetime, uh, throughout lifetimes. It's not, it's not just a, a one-time thing. And we are aware through various means uh, that we, are, we have been together before. But I would like to back that up for a moment and acknowledge that since there is no such thing as time in reality, all of our lifetimes are being lived in this moment of now. So when we say that we're together in other lifetimes, it's sort of like you could look at the, the idea of the typical idea of uh, reincarnation as being a vertical line, you, the first one and then the second one, second one, the third one, and so on, and one that follows the other. But in this view of how things are, all of those lifetimes are being lived simultaneously. They are all living in the now. If you take a lifetime, for instance, take a lifetime from the 13th century, go back into the 13th century, when is that lifetime being lived? Well, that lifetime is being lived in what they would refer to as the now. All of our lives are being lived in the now, and that's why we get these uh, reminisce or remembrances of past lives, we can even get memories or recall of future lives, but the idea is that all lifetimes are being lived now. So we have the ability to call upon all of ourselves, all of our many selves, in this moment. And this is what we do. This is what Jan and I do, and what we, we acknowledge that this is so. So we have a very extensive experience together. Now, when Jan and I talk about uh, who we are, we refer to ourselves as YUM. That's spelled y capital Y-O-U, small me. Let me type it in here. Okay, um, I'm guess six here. So that's you, me, but it... We pronounce it as Yum. That that is Jan, myself, and Spirit. 
those are that's the three those are the three operational beings that are in this ascended relationship so uh that's the first thing that you want to think about in terms of am i in a relationship am i in an ascended relationship or can i think of myself as being in an ascended relationship so let's start off with your ability to claim first that you yourself are an ascended master already secondly that you have a partner who is willing to claim that also and thirdly that when you come together uh, and you can do many exercises together when you come come together you recognize that spirit is the third and unifying element in that relationship okay so let me stop there and ask uh, Liz Jim uh, any questions you want to go ahead you want me to keep just going um yeah I got some questions um also Isha if you have any questions you can type into the chat room um so if you're not in a relationship or um I know there are also a lot of people who are in a relationship but they're not in a relationship with somebody who is spiritual so um how how does this apply to them like if if your partner isn't going to claim the ascended relationship with you okay get out of the relationship <laughs> no uh so the idea is that before you enter into an ascended relationship before you in before you even talk about being in a relationship with someone else you have to recognize that the first and most important person for you to have a relationship with is you you are a uh, a unified being that is spirit that is a spiritual being having a physical experience now that's a commonly held term of with physical beings having uh, with spiritual beings having a physical experience now you have to be willing and uh, I talk about this all the time how much willingness is a part of this game you must be willing to acknowledge that you are special that you are you are ascended not that you're special I'm sorry that's the wrong word that you are ascended uh already trust that step into that and and then you have the ability to to open a discussion with your partner your life partner now if you have a partner who is completely out of the picture has absolutely no desire to have any kind of spirituality at all in your life then you have to st- you have to stand on this at on your own and then by seeing what you do you set the example for your partner uh and invite 
the partner in, be willing to invite the partner in, be willing to take that chance, and be willing to ask that they can put aside their completely material beliefs for the moment and understand that this this is a process which is not materially oriented, spiritually oriented. So um, that's the first thing. I don't know how to, I, and I don't think you can, drag somebody into a, a relationship of a spiritual nature. I don't think it, do, it that gets done. That's the truth. But if you set yourself up or if you allow yourself to believe that it's so about you, then you can, as I said, invite your partner into the relationship. So that's sort of that whole thing. And I think also if you're in a relationship with somebody who isn't on the same spiritual level or path or even acknowledges the spiritual realm, it sounds like what you're talking about is also an internal stance of how you see yourself and how you see your relationship in that ascended light. That's a really good way to put it. The idea is, it is, it's about how you see yourself. You need to see yourself in the first place as, and this is not that, don't be pounding yourself on the back for this. There's nothing special. You, I, we all are that same being. We all are ascended right now. It's the illusion of time and space that keeps us from uh, living in that uh, in that state. So there are. Uh, it's the illusion of laundry and dishes. And <laughs> that's right. Right. And, the mundane, right. you know, and when bills. James doesn't and... pick up his socks. <laughs> or whatever. It, but that. All of that is illusory. illusory. Uh, oh, now, some some ideas that are uh, applicable here. Uh, one of the ideas always is willingness. Right? You have to be willing to do these things, and uh, so that's the first thing. Secondly, is that you have to understand that in every single moment you have the right to choose what you're going to, how you're going to approach anything. Two things that are very important to keep in mind is that you have in every single moment, because there's, there's nothing that preceded this moment and there's nothing that's following this moment, right now is the only moment that you have. When you get to the next moment, that will also be right now. But in that moment, you always have the right to choose joy. Joy is a state that sort of arises out of being involved in one of these ascended relationships. So that's one of the things that is very important. The second thing 
that's very important is the notion of gratitude. And James has written about gratitude for the Concordance blog. Gratitude is, that's the attitude, attitude of gratitude. Be in that state where you are grateful for whatever it is, whatever kind of relationship that you have. Now, you're not going to, you know, this is not something where you wave a magic wand and all of a sudden everybody is there. This is a process, quite frankly, which takes commitment and uh, willingness to enter into it, willingness to do this. So you are the master. All right, so uh, those are some of the initial uh, antes, so to speak. You have two chips. You throw in a chip of joy and you throw in a chip of gratitude. And that's your ante into, uh, into an ascended relationship. The third chip, of course, is willingness. All right, so... That's the first thing, or maybe the fifth thing. I don't know by now. <laughs> but we have also uh, the idea that it is perfectly appropriate for you to surrender your feeling of being justifiably right. You can always find in an argument or a disagreement – you can always find uh, some reason that you're right and the other person is wrong. If you want to live in an ascended relationship with a partner, you have to be able to, to stop in the middle of anything and give up your right to be right, to be justifiably correct. So when you, when like that you, saying they say, would you rather be right or happy? Yeah, that's right. And you have, these are, the, these are matters of choice, just like joy is a matter of choice, just like willingness is a matter of choice. Giving up the, the idea of being justifiably right uh, allows you to have to have a space to just shut up and listen to what somebody else is saying rather than be thinking of what you're going to be saying to the, to the partner. Listen to what the partner says. You're being justifiably right. Uh, dropping being justifiably right allows you to do that. You don't have to be right in any kind of argument or dispute or disagreement. You just have to give it up and listen. And that's another part of the ascended relationship. Being you know, that's that's kind of a, listen. That's kind of a cool perspective. If if you're one with your partner, then you're always right. Because <laughs> right, well, yeah. one of you is going to be right. So. You, but so not you're right. Necessarily, you could both be wrong. <laughs> you, could, you could both be wrong, and in hearing what the other person says in their wrongness, for instance, can allow you to see what you're wrong about. Mm. Right? It can. It. You know, it, it's about 
dropping defensiveness. Exactly. Right? Yes. About dropping the need to, to retaliate with whatever anybody is saying. Now, this and idea of the, the, the sacred other, I think I talk about that in in this article, that the idea of the, that there is a sacred other in the relationship, if you really believe that, then you give that person the space to do, to do and say anything they want to. And understanding that the person is also trying to reach out to you in the same way. If you're in this ascended relationship, you want to allow that to happen so you don't want to be defensive. Right? Yeah, and that's that's a lot of what we're doing in the happy couple repatternings is is changing those patterns, those those ingrained patterns that give rise to defensiveness in relationship. That's right. That's absolutely right. That's right. Uh, I didn't know that you were doing that. That that is a key. Give it up. Give it up. Give it up. You don't need to be right all the time. What do you get for being right? Get some money? I don't think so. You get happiness for being right and making the other person wrong. That's not that's not the way to come to balance. We, we did the we do this thing. You know, um, you remember what a seesaw is? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. People of our age remember seesaws, but kids today don't have the availability to seesaws. Uh, the, the reason I'm pointing this out is that on a seesaw, there is a fulcrum which allows you to go up and down, but the fulcrum also allows you to stay in balance with the other person. So being balanced is a key element that you want to strive for within the ascended relationship. Balance. So that's a little little thing. All right, tools. Uh, I, you know, there are a bunch of tools that are available, uh, and they're easily available uh, for you know a couple of bucks. Um, angel cards. Do you know what angel cards are? I'm sure. Well, an angel cards. Jan and I have a a, a regular routine, and uh, we start that routine by giving each other an angel card, right? And that's the, those angel cards, those two words from uh, your angel cards, set the tone for the day if you want to establish it that way. Now, this also implies that you have prioritized your relationship enough so that you will spend time face-to-face face with your partner with your ascended partner in a in a time period where you have more than 2 minutes to look at each other so it involves a commitment of time you you have to be able to spend the time 
with your partner. Your partner has to be able to agree to to the same thing. So you don't want uh, to not have any kind of interaction with with your partner and, and ignore the role that spirit plays in the relationship. So you got to say, okay, uh, this is who you are, uh, Sally. This is who I am, Joe. And this is spirit. And you want to spend some time in that state acknowledging that. So you have to also be willing to drop your ego. You have to drop doubt and fear and anger. These things are what act as blocks to an ascended relationship. You have insecurities and dependencies just drop them for the time being. You have a monkey mind which just runs on. Shut it up. Don't pay attention to it. So when you have some kind of negative thought, apply an antidote to the negative thought. Understand that love is what underlies the whole relationship. It's the ascended relationship is certainly founded on love. And you love the partner. You love spirit. Spirit is a great, great partner. And you love yourself, too. You are, you are allowed to recognize that you are uh, ascended. So let yourself love the person. Let yourself be in love. Let it, you know, and enter in that with, a smooth flow. So tell us a little bit more about how you use the angel cards. Well, we do three things during during the day when we when we do a day. First thing is we draw an angel card. And that those two words will set up <clears throat> a uh, the tone for the day or for the you know sometimes if we do it for a week that's those are the those are the key words for the week or for the day right so uh let me see <clears throat> last we did this was on friday and the, our two angel cards were compassion and inspiration mm. so we pull those cards and we allow those cards to speak to us and tell us this we have Keep in mind, compassion towards the others, or the other, compassion towards all. Allow inspiration to come in and allow yourself and your partner to have some extended uh, inspiration. So that's the first thing we do. Now, I'm an astrologer, so I mark the time of doing each one of these days that we do by noting the position of the sun, the moon, and the ascendant in the specific moment. But that's <clears throat> that works for me because I'm an astrologer, or at least I used to be a practicing astrologer. 
So uh, make note of when that is, because the, the, the sun, moon, and ascendant will give us pretty much an exact time of when this event took place, you know, when, we, when we did this day. So uh, that's the first thing. Now, the second thing we use is the I Ching. I don't know if you are familiar with the I Ching or if your audiences are, but the idea is that uh, the I Ching is a daily guide to living on the Tao or living on a path. So whatever the I Ching is, comes up with, we write it down and we make that a part of our study for that day. How can we do this? What does it mean? How do we want to behave? And again, it's within the context of this ascended relationship. So that's a, that's the second thing. And then the third thing we do is we draw our cards for the Sabian symbols. And the Sabian symbols, uh, uh, the perhaps the most well-known author in terms of Sabian symbols is, uh, uh, oh, what's it? I'm forgetting a name now. Linda Hill. Linda Hill, and she's written a couple of books on the Sabian symbols. I've known Linda since 98 when I first discovered the uh, concordance chart. And I got in touch with her, and we began talking about the Sabian symbols in the concordance chart. But the Sabian symbols are also a very good guide to uh, you know, how to approach a day or a situation uh, that for, for whoever is drawing it. So we do that. And we allow those three things, the, the uh, angel cards, the I Ching, and the Sabian symbols, to be our guides for the period of time that we're working in. So that's those are some of the those like hands-on tools. So it sounds like even if even if like myself, I don't know the the I Ching and I and I don't study astrology, but what I could do is I could I have some oracle cards, and so whatever oracle cards one has, they can use those. Sure. Um, and any also, kind of tool that you have. I'm also thinking that, um, and if you're, and if your partner isn't open to this kind of thing, you can just do it for yourself. Pick a, choose a card. What do I need for myself today? What do I need in relationship to my partner? How do I need? What what kind of words of guidance could I could help me in my relations, in my dealings with my partner? That's absolutely correct. All of that is correct, completely. So I think that. Uh, it's important to choose the things that that you are comfortable with. Right? Just take, uh, I mean, there's animal cards uh, with animal to- totems. You can use those. Uh, you know, there's a variety of kinds of cards uh, that you can use. Uh, whatever. But the idea is to know that 
those cards, that stuff, all of that is being called up from your deepest wells. Mm. Right? This is really what's so. And then and the cards are a tool to, to help you to keep in your awareness the qualities that would help you for right. that day or for that situation. Right, right. exactly. Yeah. But the idea is you know, the, you're going to go and do them again and again and again. It doesn't, you know, you can use them over and over and over again. There's no such thing as running out of, you know, angel card phrases. You know? Right, you, right. It works. They they continue to work. But that, that's that part of it. Now, every relationship, and I don't care who it is, every relationship runs into bumps. It's what we call this the shoals, S-H-O-A-L-S, the shoals, mm. right? And we, again, as part of the ascended relationship, one has to be willing to navigate the shoals. Right. So what do you do? How do you do that? Well, the first thing is you begin to listen. Listen with an open heart. Listen with you in balance. And remember that everything that went before is not here. You can't do anything about it. If you step into the exact moment, you do not hold on to resentments. And that's one of the biggest things in in building a, an ascended relationship. The willingness to drop resentments. Oh, that's huge. Will, yes, and the willingness to open up and speak about what it is that's got you resenting, mm. whatever it is. Right. Right? So, re, you know, we want to be in a relationship that doesn't have resentments. We want to be in a relationship that's open to being balanced. You want to be in a relationship in which that gives you the option to choose joy in a, in every moment. So sometimes Jan and I speak to each other in sort of extra high de- decibels. <laughs> you know what I mean? <laughs> we can get loud. But as soon as we're finished with it, it's gone. Right, right. So, and when we do leave it alone. We don't go back to it and we don't hold on to the resentments. So I think this is a really important point because thinking of the ascended relationship, one might think that there would never be any discord. Yeah. But <laughs> but that's that's just not the nature of of human relationships. That's right, right. So I mean, discord is a part of what you know, and that's a part of our learning experience. And if we can learn to get past those, if we can learn to navigate the shoals, and being one of the ways you can learn to navigate the shoals is, I mean, just take it, take an angel card. What do I need to do here to get around this problem? What do I, how do I navigate this shoal? Take an angel card. Pick it out and say, okay, 
that will be my key for today. Mm. And so it comes down to the this is a this is a, a significant term in terms of all of the spiritual practices that I've been through and it's to live as if. Mm. Right? This is all about willingness, being willing to live as if I have a perfect partner. Being willingness right. to live as though I am a perfect partner. Being willingness to live as if their spirit is sitting on my shoulder at every moment and knowing that uh, you know, he's wagging his finger at me, telling me, uh-uh, that's not the right way to behave. But be willing to live as if that can happen. So we get, um, James has a question. Okay. Actually, I just wanted to point out that, you know, that uh, one of the things that's really helped us is the residents repatterning. To yep. be able to, you know, to be able to work out resentments. Yeah, yeah. It's been tremendous. It, you know, it, it 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 actually gives you a very safe safe way to go about doing it. Right. You know, uh, you know I, I can't say anything about it with doing with doing the resonance repatterning with myself and with Jan. But you know, if you're willing to drop the resentments, then then. Uh, then you've got it done. You just have to say, okay, I, it doesn't matter that much to me. I don't have to be right all the time. And nobody came here and made me judge, jury, and executioner. I'm not right all the time. I'm willing I, to say that. I think that's an important point is that when you think of your relationship, you're in it for the long haul. Or most people, when they get into a committed relationship that's that's the ultimate goal and so to then the day-to-day living gets sort of clouds that bigger vision but if you can reconnect to the bigger vision that you know in the in the scope of the the life of this relationship the years of this relationship is this issue that we're fighting about you know what's the priority is it a deal breaker or is it you know just you know something that uh, in the, the grand scheme of things is, is not that significant. A, if you're in a committed relationship, the priority is the relationship, not what you want. It's, it's, there's a, thir- it's a third being. It's a third part of who you are. The, the relationship is bigger than you or the other. And then there's also, I think, for a lot of people, I've heard this from a lot of people, uh, that they get into relationship and then they lose themselves in the relationship. And so how does that play in where you want to keep the relationship going, you want to do what's in the best interest of the relationship, but also... You have to subsume yourself within that relationship. And that's that's the whole idea. You don't have to subsume yourself. You don't have to make yourself secondary. You are an ascended master. So there's no reason for you to put yourself down. No reason to look at yourself as being 
less than. You are already an ascended uh, an ascended master. No, um, I, I don't know how far I can go back, but I don't know how much time we have left. But the point is that we, you know, years and years and years ago, 20 years ago, more than 20 years ago, I took a, uh, a course in being an ascended, being an ascended master. Right? What do you do? How do you be an ascended master? And this woman by the name of Kalki gave us uh, lessons or gave us a, a rather extended lesson on uh, what is what what an ascended master is, and what it is, what it means for you to for you to step into that space. Well, I began at that time to acknowledge to myself. I didn't have to acknowledge it to anybody else because I wasn't in a relationship that I was an an ascended master. And as an ascended master, I allowed myself to believe that my choices were right, were correct for me as an ascended master. I was not doing things to hurt people. I was was acting out of love. All of those things, those are just behaviors of an ascended master, appropriate behaviors of an ascended master. So you you it's a matter of claiming it. Right? That's all. That's all. Uh James, you're a carpenter. Why are you a carpenter? Because you call yourself a carpenter. Because you vow that you are. And during the course of the years you have learned the carpenter's skills. So it's the same thing here. You are an ascended master, a vow that you are an ascended master, and then hone the skills as it, as you go along. And we'll never get there completely in this particular lifetime, unless we're going to have a mass ascension, which I'd like to happen tomorrow. <laughs> but uh, I are. just planted an herb garden. I don't want to go tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> wait, 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 wait a minute. You can go tomorrow, and your herb garden is going to go wherever you go. <laughs> I'll take it if, with me. <laughs> if, if, if you are living an ascended life and on an ascended planet, you want to go someplace. What you what you have is what what you bring with you. You know, when we talk about uh, the ascended planet, what we're talking about is what the Christians have related to for years and years. It's heaven on earth. It's a beautiful, pristine, clean, environmentally clean, energetically pure place. It's a planet that doesn't have telephone lines above above ground. Doesn't have the need for uh, combustion en- engines. It, it's a perfect place, right? So if that's going to be so, then your garden is going to be there with you. It's going to be a part of your planet, your ascended planet. I don't know. Okay, am I going on too much? Do I need to say something else? <laughs> <laughs> All right. So uh, to get to some things just quickly to review, you need to uh, step into this. Be willing to do this. Be willing. Be willing to take the chance to call to ask your 
your partner to step into an ascended relationship with you. Be willing to give time to it. I don't know how much time you want to spend, an hour, two hours a week, how much, however much time, but be able to sit with your partner, look into their eyes, talk about the things that are important to you spiritually. Don't, don't bring the, the nastiness of a hard boss into that relationship. That's not what your relationship is about. It's not about your boss or how badly you're being treated at work or how much your parents don't like you or whatever. Be in that moment with your partner alone. Except that you're not alone in that moment. You're with spirit. And you can carry that all the way through. Spirit is a great, great help great aid in our lives. So that's what, just acknowledging it. Do not be afraid to touch your partner. It's a good thing. You know, especially in an ascended relationship. And in an ascended relationship, sex is pretty good because you're getting out of the way. You are the master. You do, And you live a simple life. We don't need to be rich in in terms of material possessions. We are rich if we are with our partner. We are rich if we acknowledge that spirit is always present in that moment. And just drop all the artificialities. That's... Wonderful, wonderful advice. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah. Let me say, it's not really. I don't think that it's really, really easy to do this. I don't. I don't claim that this is simple. Simple. It is simple once you get into it and once you become committed to it. But mm. be committed to it. We've been married for 16 years. We're still committed to that same level of a relationship. So it right, simple, not easy. It's, simple, it's not, not easy. It's not complicated, but it's not always easy. It's not complicated. It's just a few basic steps. Not always easy, but it's worthwhile. There is a payoff to it, and it, you know, part of the payoff is that you get to live in a tranquil home. You get to live amidst tranquility. And it, that's a lot better than li- living in a tumultuous state with your partner, right? Right, and you know, just thinking about the definition of home is, mm. uh, you know, within yourself, ah. being tranquil within yourself. And so you already have these ideas; they're at your fingertips. Uh, just it. These things are not, it's not rocket science, it's soul science. It's (laughs) spiritual science, right? These are things that we can apply to our lives and do it with joy, not do it feeling compelled to do it. Do it with joy, embrace, embrace. And even if you're not with another, fine, you're not with another. 
It's right. These these are concepts that you can apply to yourself, to yourself, to your life, to your to each situation. It doesn't necessarily have to be an intimate, committed relationship. That's absolutely right. And if you're doing it that way, you are behaving as if you are an ascended master. You, I mean. Yeah, what what is an ascended master? An ascended master is a metaphor for higher self, a higher being. It's it's a gateway, a key into creation, the path to creator, the creator that you are. So while the metaphors speak to things that are outside of us, like it's an ascended master, an ascended master can tell us how to behave, et cetera, et cetera, that is the same. That ascended master is within you, and you can go to it for your guidance, direction, upliftment. It's all a part of what you get to be when you claim your ascended mastership. You get to claim your ascended life and your ascended relationship and live, believe that it's so and live those moments. You know, it's it's a pleasure to be in a relationship like that. Uh, I can speak from my personal experience with Jan and I mean, she, she really had to be an ascended master to come and live with me in this way too. Uh-huh. <laughs> well, I think that you know when you talk about um, these sort of karmic relationships, you know that you've been together through lifetimes and lifetimes. That doesn't necessarily mean that um, that it's going to be easy. You know that some. Sometimes these um these the soulmate relationships can be the most challenging, but they offer the most growth. And when you understand what that soul level dynamic is that that you're working out in the relationship, I think it it brings a level of awareness that helps you to maintain your vision of the overall relationship and not get sort of um you know, nitpicked away on the details, you know? Yeah, yeah, don't get stuck in the details. Yeah. There's a bigger picture, and the bigger picture includes the bigger you. And that's, that's, I think, what relationship as a spiritual path is about. It's, it's It's that growth. That recognition of who you are, who the other person is, and what spirit is, whose spirit is. You know, it's a big thing, spirit. Big thing. We t- we we say something like, uh, uh, "Our relationship has six hands. It's two from Jan, two from me, and two from spirit." It's always easier to do things if six hands are involved. If you can allow spirit to be a part of who you are and allow your partner to be a part of who you are. All about allowing, accepting, willingness. Beautiful. 
Well, thank you so much. This has been a real pleasure and a real treat. And really, uh, you gave me a lot of things to think about. Uh, it's very inspiring. I'm going to get my oracle cards out. <laughs> Great. It was, yeah. it was lovely. And get, get, yeah, James, get James to very inspiring. Uh, thank you. Card too. So you do it together, and you know. We got piles of cards. Drawing them every day is a great idea. Yeah. You give yours, James, you give yours to, to Liz. Liz, you give yours to James. Mm. Right? You pick a card and give it to him. Hand it to him. Let him see it. This is this is what Spirit has told me for you today. Nice. And it, it again, it's about the, the willingness to step into that state of being. Right. And do it. And taking the time to do it. And taking yeah. the time, yes. Commitment. Uh, yeah. I think somewhere in there, in one of the pieces that I put up, uh, I talked about that this is something which it requires an investment of time. This is not something you can do in two or three seconds and by yourself. Or you, do, you can do the relationship with yourself by yourself, but the point is it even if you're doing it by yourself, give give it time. Oh, oh, time is money. Spend some of that on your relationship. It's a worthwhile expense. Beautiful. Thank you. And Isha says, thank you. So inspiring and helpful, reminding me of the sacredness of every relationship. And as there is no time, connecting more now to the one who will show up to be with with me in this now. So fabulous. That's cool. Thanks, Isha. You got Beautiful. it. Yeah. Perfect. All right. Well, I'm going to end the recording. Okay. Thank you so much, Johnny. Johnny, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, guys. You know, I, I'm very grateful for the time that you've given me today. And not only that, I, I must say... I'm also very grateful for the contributions that you guys have made over the years to the blog. Oh, you're welcome. Thank you. Uh, well, I, I wouldn't have a, I wouldn't have a practice without the harmonic concordance. <laughs> okay. It, 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 would, it wouldn't. It wouldn't. There would be no such thing without the, the harmonic concordance. Knowing about that previously and the gateway that opened and the things that have happened since. Right, right. Incredible, uh, incredible gateway that was. And to, if we hadn't been as aware of it and met the people we met in the observance of it that night. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a, yeah. It, it was I'd a great, a it was great time. Uh I I make I made some comments about it in 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 those posts that, that you got but uh do you have a couple of seconds extra Um yeah I haven't I haven't stopped the recording yet Okay let me tell you this. if people are interested in seeing some notes from this I can put together a little package a little document that I can send to them if they send me their email address. Okay, excellent, excellent. You want to give your email address, Johnny? Sure. It's Johnny, J-O-H-N-N-Y, at hcblog.org. 
the short way to say harmonic concordance block. It's hcblog.org, and that's that's the address that uh, that I currently am looking at at all. I mean, I got a half a dozen addresses. The only one that I really look at is hcblog.org. All right. So Excellent. if they're interested, have them send me a, a, a note, and I'll put together a little document. Awesome. Thank you so much. All right. All right. My okay. love to you, my gratitude to you. Thank you both. Oh, you're so welcome. Our pleasure. Our pleasure right. indeed. And uh, I'm glad you could... You could, you could Tax day is coming. Oh, no. But if you sign up for Robinhood Gold's IRA with a 3% match, you can get up to $195 for the 2023 tax year. Oh, yeah. Sign up at Robinhood.com slash boost by tax day to get the biggest contribution match on the market. Subscription fees apply. Investing involves risk. 3% match requires gold for one year from first match. Must keep IRA for five years. Robinhood Financial LLC, member SIPC.